0: Well everybody's heard about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the phenomenal independent wrestling show known as. Grown men watch this shit. Ooh,
1: deep. deep. I went. I went metal this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we're phenomenal. Um, we're not going to be talking about AJ Styles during this show. I just said grown men. Did I, I
1: didn't say phenomenal. I just said grown men. Watch I,
0: I shit. said phenomenal when I threw through it.
1: Oh shit!
0: Yeah, mm. off to a uh, good start. <laughs> this is a hell of a show, huh?
1: <laughs> uh, and we are finally—we're freshly tuned because we had a show recently. You'd think we'd be better at this by now.
0: No, it's like we get worse with more practice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think how as the a whole, are you as a whole with the show? Like we started so almost like I don't know. I never thought we were like ultra planning things and careful and stuff when even we started this show but really all fucks have gone out the window by the time we've got to episode 25
1: I honestly I think it's I enjoy it I like the non-format format format, because if something funny happens it happens naturally and by no means did we fabricate anything Mm -hmm. and uh, you know people enjoy the peek behind the curtain when we're totally honest about everything that fucking goes wrong every day uh, mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I enjoy that. Me too. Me too, friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cheers, <laughs> cheers. I, I have a uh a homemade uh, cold brew chai that I'm sipping oh, right that now. That sounds fabulous. In theory, it nice. would be. I've gotten really on board the the chai uh, masala tea train, um, but I uh, I've gotten to the point where I use like this um get, like, a little satchel bag that I get from the the market. It's, like, this pre-made, like, spiced chai tea stuff. And Mm. um, I'll I'll use it because you have to do it on the stovetop. It's, it's, you know, fancy tea. And then you add the milk to it and you get, like, a nice spicy brew going on. And then I I make it. It is. And then you make it. You get two cups out of it, right? All this work. Um, And it's delicious. But then you're like, hey, I've got all of these these, uh, leftover not grounds, but you know, left leftover bit of this this chai tea stuff. And mm. I'm like, it'd be such a waste to just throw it out. So now I've gotten to the point where I use those leftovers and I chuck it in a in a cup with some milk in the fridge overnight. And then I kinda of reuse it to make this cold brew chai. Now I don't know whether okay. this is a no no in the world of, of of chai or whether this is just a really good utilization of, of this this chai leftovers i don't know i
1: you're certainly being like you know reuse re you know the whole the what excalibur preaches about man we're recycling here mm. it's good it makes indeed. sense to me
0: indeed i hope there aren't any tea purists out there that are just just uh tea spit taking when i <laughs> yeah that'd <laughs> be so funny he's, he's having really such a show. Good God! What is this man doing? What a fiend! What an uncouth tea fiend! I shall write off a stern
1: letter promptly.
0: <laughs> please. Dear please. sir. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know why I got talking about my chai tea habits.
1: Hey, we were talking about you. cheers. You That's it. We referenced the beverage. I Actually, uh, today I... As people knew, I took a long break from drinking and I mm-hmm. started drinking again back during WrestleMania. And I've been good. Today is the first day I've actually had a beer in the middle of a week. Because I felt, you know, we're having a podcast. Might want to feel a little bit more festive, loosen up a little bit. Nice. So I'm here to do the show. Uh also want to share a little bit of good news. Two things from me. Uh one is I had a stupid meme go viral again. Oh, and this yeah. one went pretty much everywhere. I didn't get a lot of credit here and there, but then the best thing happened is uh, both NBC, the television network tweeted me from their personal Twitter account. And then also uh, a couple uh, Instagrams, Megan Mullally and Nick Offman and a bunch of people. And yeah, so that was pretty neat. Uh, if the rock retweeted and I don't get any credit still, I'm going to flip out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a ron swanson combination if anybody's familiar with the television show parks and recreation there's a character named ron swanson so i smashed him up the greatest
0: man Which, that ever has been
1: oh such so manly i smashed him up with the old school rock where he's wearing turtleneck and chain you know just how a,
0: he do. a perfect forever look if anyone ever just wants rock to rock that you know if you're not sure what to wear one day when you just get up for work turtleneck like, and chain yeah just a great go to I think,
1: but yeah, so it yeah, that went pretty much everywhere and uh and then so also,
0: good. everyone enjoyed uh... it, like everyone just like went crazy on it, and uh you can't look at it and not just smile, and it was just when I saw yeah n b c shared it, I was like wow that's that's really something, my friend,
1: and like it goes back to me where like both equally it's cool to get recognition and It's also kind of lame not to, but at the same time, not getting your recognition is the same as getting recognition. So where was the first place that de
0: watermarked it?
1: Uh, I'm I'm sure what happened was if somebody went to uh, either Reddit where I posted it or Twitter and just either cropped cropped. it directly from there and – but I, that doesn't make sense to me because normally if you're going to reuse an image, wouldn't you want to save it? So you'd pull mm. it up and press save. To it's, the easier. it's easier. It's
0: easier to just right-click save image than doing, like, the, the print screen and then cropping part of it or, like, saving it and then bringing it into Photoshop and cropping. What the heck, people?
1: Yeah, and then some motherfucker – I know this is granular and stupid. Nobody probably cares about this, but it's just something that happened to me. Uh, some dude fucking – cropped it and then put his watermark in the similar spot where I did this and did it. This is unforgivable to me. Dude, in a very similar font (laughs) and exactly like I do it in the same position, like almost like it was a fuck you to the dude who watermarked this originally. And, uh, yeah, that guy eventually apologized and gave me credit, but it seemed shady, nonetheless. But I was gonna the other thing—going to say—could
0: this have been one of your nemeses that you've made on the Twitter? <laughs> Some uh, of these people was... that just <laughs> just Everybody don't you like hate the beak.
1: Me, probably just like they're like. This dumbass is just a dumbass. I'm not sure why everyone thinks he's so popular. And that's something I agree with, so I can't get mad at them. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Like, I love it. sure.
1: Yeah. I'm getting famous just being a goof, and some might people might resent that because it makes no sense. But the other <laughs> thing is, because of the same thing, the social media account, I might be like parlaying that into an actual Within the storyline, character at whack, Ooh, where I
0: am playing. Without a cause, I was going to throw With to this ice going ice. out of this like as a bit oh, of a thing, but then you just you did it right there. Look at us I'm thinking the same about thing. It, Me too. Like I we're, think we're, it's the it's perfect energy. perfect character. And so I think we're you doing, play it great. I appreciate it, buddy.
1: Honestly, I really do. Uh, so we're gonna do this gimmick where I initially gonna be like sitting in front row and like even actually doing some. IRL type gimmick stuff where I'm going to be like uh, live tweeting the show and maybe doing some gifts. And I'm thinking even maybe doing the thing where I'm not necessarily paying attention as well as I should to the show. I'm like in my phone a lot of the time checking, you know, maybe being obnoxious that way. <laughs> like I, this, guy, this guy got front row seating and he's not even watching. Uh, so I want to do that, but basically just being a social media influencer for whack, and then maybe turning that into like a managerial position yeah. so that's what I'm wrest- looking
0: forward to I really want yeah. this to to get to a, a point where you are, you know you have wrestlers coming to you because they want to increase their 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 social media reach their, their social media <laughs> footprint get more bookings yes. through the social media and who better to go to than the the fabulous Mr. Big uh and then you almost have to make a choice of the different talent which you you want to represent, because you know you can't be be uh, you know tweeting for everybody. How? Why would I? Like that's I'm. It's a commodity. Maybe you end up with a stable no, like, like a Bobby Heenan type group down the road. <laughs> okay,
1: fantastic. Oh, dude, for a second there, my fucking USB j- fucked up. So if I cut out again, I apologize. Are you still with
0: me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I had a little bit of a muffling, but I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah, cut out for a second,
1: but yeah, so that should be fun. And uh, I, I thought it'd be fun to like do promos where I don't actually necessarily talk at first. I like tweet what I'm gonna say to the guy, and he just reads it while I'm standing there because I do <laughs> kind, of, kind of have stage fright. And I think maybe playing that into the character for a little bit at first, maybe like making it like this guy is more of a talker behind a keyboard, which is kind of what people on the internet are so
0: oh, that'd be I hilarious right? that be good i'm just envisioning like this interview where thinking, they're, they're interviewing I'm you and then they ask you a question and then you look down at your phone you type out the tweet you tweet it and then you just show the screen to the camera
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or the guy next to me just has to read it out loud to everybody like he has to dictate what i said like, i i think that'd be fantastic yeah but so anyway serious bro
0: you serious you're, you're tweeting your responses okay
1: yeah, <laughs> so much heat. People are like, what the hell? And I wanted to say, like, I have more Twitter followers than the entire roster of Whack, but I technically don't now that they added Tom Lawler. So fuck you. Nah, uh,
0: you could. I like the idea of saying that it, you have more more um, followers combined of all of the yes uh, of of <laughs> Whack, excluding How Tom Lawler. How obnoxious if it could be Tom true? Latter.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like people look like, oh, this motherfucker ain't lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Alright, let's move on. Yeah. That's about
0: me. We uh we got a bit of an action packed show today. Uh no Wait. interviews. But I think that was good. That's been a, a blessing because we got a a whole bunch of uh news and, and shows that we have watched. And uh I, I think it's great. We've watched a a great uh variety of different types of indie wrestling. You know, very very contrasting types, but all, all fun and beautiful in their own way you know like a woman yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we watched uh not only a little bit of penis party which was actually turned out to be a pretty big hit and uh some pretty cool matches occurred during the wrestlemania week on that show uh we watched fight club pro one of their uh Dream Tag Team Invitational. Night One is night what I watched. and One, I, you watch the
0: most recent yeah. show on their, uh, their streaming service. Uh, we'll yep, we'll yep. probably get to the others as they go up. But uh, just Night One, uh, was we, we, we mainly just wanted to watch this because we both heard uh, that two of our very good friends, Mark Davis and Jeff Cobb, were battling one another. And, and <laughs> so weird. how could we not cover this?
1: Yes. And then also uh, the most... Actually, it's, no, uh, there's a GCW show coming up Friday. So, yeah, it was Crime Wave, the most recent one, um, which was pretty pretty fucking crazy. Uh, my roommate Justin was listening to some of the commentary, so he walked into the room during Mance, Warner, and Schlack, So we'll talk about that a bit.
0: Awesome. Too, and we both watched the NWA uh, Jim Crockett tag team Holy crap. invitational, right? yes i can't believe i watched so
1: much wrestling recently yeah and the regular wwe stuff
0: man Sick. you're insane i'm still anyway, trying to get caught up with new japan personally like i'm I'm still watching shows from before the madison square garden show trying to make my way through this new japan cup um so i'm very much falling behind in the new, new japan i'm gonna have no hope to be caught up in time for the best of the super juniors but that's then, a whole I'm other over story over here
1: I'm over here obsessing with old Japanese wrestling GIFs.
0: Oh, they're beautiful.
1: The I love them. Hashimoto is the fucking man, dude. I, oh, yeah. Every GIF I see him, like, this guy is the shit. This big boy moves. He has the best brain buster i ever seen because he actually looks like he's busting somebody's brain. Best DDT
0: that you ever did see as well. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, he's just a fucking badass.
0: And Pretty much bumps, everything and... that people like about Samoa Joe, he just jacked from Hashimoto. <laughs>
1: so good so
0: good uh yeah i haven't actually watched all that much old school japanese wrestling this week uh with all of the other things i've had to watch which is a bit oh sad but i have oh this is exciting news uh just today i bought my return tickets uh for my my next trip for japan uh, planned it out quite a bit out in advance. I'm going over in uh, November. Uh, so I'm going to be over there for my birthday. And I'm also going to be over there for the biggest show of the year of my favorite wrestling promotion in the world, Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, Their big show at um, Sumo Hall. So I am really excited for that. Hell oh, yeah, A lot yeah, of wrestling cool. had.
1: Sweet. Mm-hmm.
0: And I made a dumb um, stopover in um, Shanghai as well. Like, I could have gotten it cheaper if I didn't have the stopover in Shanghai. But I wanted it just to, like, have some time to, like, leave the airport and do a bit of exploring. Because that was really fun to do in Hong Kong last time. So,
1: Are you going to do much shopping at all?
0: Uh, I more just, like, go out, wander around the, um, you know, downtown area or whatever. Find all of the best coffee places. Drink all of the best coffee uh, eat tasty food, and then that's about it. That's all I want to do. Well, if
1: you, uh, I know you're going for a Noah show, but if you mm-hmm. encounter any shops that have any cool Suzuki shirts, uh, you should score me one and we'll exchange. Oh, yeah. I'll it be making sure other.
0: to go to the actual Minoru Suzuki shop that he runs oh, in cool. Harajuku called Pile yeah, sh- yeah, I'll make sure to go pictures. there for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll, I'll oh, be getting
0: nice. you a little, little present ski, I'd say.
1: Ah, oh, brother. Appreciate it.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be fun. But let's jump into these shows, man. I mean, which one took place chronologically first? Probably Penis Party, right? Penis Party. And on the note of that, beep, 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 beep,
1: beep, 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 Coincides. Beauty.
0: David R. Catch. 2019. 2019.
1: Wow, that was pretty much seamless. We didn't plan that at all. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> <Such> <laughs> Actually, I have an update—an on-air David Arquette-related update. Something I've confirmed. Uh, I know we've come pretty rapid fire with the shows recently. Maybe bring in one again next week if you are down. I mm-hmm. uh, talked to RJ City, one tag team partner of David Ooh. Arquette, if you would be interested in
0: extraordinary. Yeah,
1: that'd the be hilarious fun. individual. One of the funniest guys on Twitter, uh, interested in maybe possibly uh, recording the show with us next week on a Tuesday, maybe to drop again on Wednesday. What do you think?
0: Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm just going to ask him, like spend the entire interview <laughs> talking about David Arquette. Like that's, that's it. Well, I don't well, care well, anything well, else about the we... rest of his life.
1: <laughs> I told him I mainly wanted to get him on to talk about comedy and wrestling because that's something that's a passion for me. That's uh, I, I guess and him as well. And then also, you know, David. I'm sure we can ring it, or you know pull his ear a little bit about some
0: David Arquette stories. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, so yeah, David Arquette Watch 2018. Uh, RJ City coming up next week. That's exciting. Um, but yeah. So um, by the way, do you, we have. Do you
1: say- 2018 just now did
0: i say 2018
1: yeah
0: oh man we're gone back a year wow oh, my it's brain is melting as we tea. speak that's
1: what the problem is with that that rehashed tea man it fucks you up you can't remember shit now you longer yeah. get alert with this tea not so much
0: mm, exactly i don't know um but so we have obviously the pretty much the entire reason that i watched uh the, the penis party being David Arquette versus Timothy Thatcher. And we were both real sad we didn't get to go to, get to, go to this in person. Um, but, like, in hindsight, I think we did make the right decision. Uh, that was uh, Spring Break Night 1 that this was clashing with, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But uh, it was great to, to go back, rewind the clock, and make sure we we watched this properly and and gave it the the tribute that it deserved. Uh, First thoughts upon watching Timothy Thatcher and David Arquette, sir?
1: Um, Exactly what I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a ground-and-pound type of situation where clearly Timothy Thatcher felt he had no reason to take this man seriously. That showed uh, Mm -hmm. David Arquette clearly playing this guy who's like, by any means necessary, at least trying to get some sort of offense in edgewise and of course coming up a little bit short in the long run but getting you know definitely I imagine earning a little bit of respect from the audience I wouldn't say necessarily from Mr. Thatcher himself but
0: nor from Don Callis and Excalibur quite frankly oh they <laughs>
1: buried him the entire time the, 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 my favorite comment was the mention about
0: how pat o'connor would be rolling in his grave if you referred to that as an o'connor roll hey his o'connor roll wasn't bad i remember in wrestling training back in the day the o'connor roll is one of those moves that's shockingly difficult to do like because you got to get the well, momentum both and... guys to be working at the
1: same time like literally have to roll together right
0: yeah, but it's it's the, the guy doing it. You have to sort of continue your momentum as you do a back roll up over the guy. So it's actually one of those things that, like, you watch. And, and how many, like, O'Connor roles have we seen in wrestling over the years? But oh, it's one bad. of those things where when you actually do it, it's like, this is fucking difficult. <laughs> I mean, some people just get it on the first go, and it's just, like, not even a thing. Uh, I think that's but... why somebody matches everyone's – or not –
1: so many matches, but it does get incorporated quite a bit and i think it's because once you master it, you're like well i gotta throw in a connor roll in here you know what i mean <laughs> like i fucking oh, do yeah. it i might, might as well
0: mm. i love how like as fucking incredible a wrestler as pat o'connor was uh probably like new zealand's greatest export I, I would say uh you know even even over the top of the the sheep herders i can't believe i said that uh, but you know, all these old school workers rave about Pat O'Connor being like the greatest wrestler they ever worked and just like being incredibly like a technician and all that. All people know of Pat O'Connor now, it's like it's kind of sad. Like, all we have left is, oh, yeah, we know the, the O'Connor B-roll. role.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, a few people even get a move named after him, so. Hell, come on. That's one thing you can hang your hat on. I got a I got a
0: particular move
1: named after
0: me. <laughs> also the only Think uh about New Luke Zealand Gehrig. born has got a disease. That's true. <laughs> I'd probably I'd prefer to invent the O'Connor role than invent Lou Gehrig disease. Just saying. <laughs> he didn't invent
1: Lou Gehrig's disease. What an asshole! This fucking baseball player invented a disease.
0: Why did he do it? <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> that's what people like about our show. You
1: said fucking little Gary committed the gigs. Oh, okay, go ahead.
0: I like the idea that you've sort of painted him as like an evil scientist genius that's in a lab yeah. pottering away, <laughs> creating various. Terrible toxic. And he, and he gave it to
1: himself on accident?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the ultimate test, right? Cruel nature. <laughs> getting picked up himself. Officially has it, and then like the move the, the lightning cracks of a dark night. And he like, <laughs> reaches to the okay. skies. I did it! I did it! Damn you, Lu Damn you!
1: Alright, go on, please. <laughs>
0: Fuck. Um. Yeah so, yeah, so back to the match. <laughs> exactly. It was David Arquette getting beat up, and honestly, I loved it. I he just got his ass beat. was terrible. Just his ass yeah, beat fun. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic because I really dug that it had like a, when you see these like kind of almost like I hate to call like a David Arquette match like a celebrity match in in this day and age with everything that David's like put into it to actually like you know, grind it out and, and try to be more than a celebrity wrestler. Um, but in a lot of these type of matches, right, um, I'm really like in, in my mind, I got like that Jay Leno match in WCW back in the day where ah. they just like, it's like wrestling just turns into pretend time and it's like, you know, here's the, the celebrity who can, you know, do the things. And it makes the wrestlers themselves look terrible because they're selling for like a celebrity, right? This was yeah. like the opposite of that. It was like you had the legitimacy through it, which I thought was really cool. In that, Thatcher has the rep of being just a badass wrestler, just like an amazing badass wrestler. Um, and David Arquette is obviously still learning the, the ropes. You know, you don't learn this thing overnight. And so it, it just told a great story of exactly what you thought would happen, would happen. And, and Thatcher just beat the shit out of him. Uh, David Arquette just wouldn't die though. He like there was a bunch of times when he like almost got uh got pinned and and he got out and Thatcher was was quite annoyed by him as it went on. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was like it, it didn't break the the suspension of of disbelief, whereas a lot of these type of matches generally do. So I thought that was I would really call cool. it a I would call it an overall good match.
1: The it was. Sound, the character, the story was perfect. They played it out perfectly. Every and time when David DDP? got any offense, DDP came out, that was pretty great. But anytime David got some offense, like Tim looked actually shocked that, like, this David Arquette, the TV or movie actor, is actually smacking me in the face and shit. Like, mm. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I, I popped as I, well I for shocked. like
0: david's reactions as well where like david was shocked at his own abilities kind of thing he was like oh shit i pulled that off yeah Yeah.
1: i really didn't think that would work (laughs) and i did i never looked at david's gear before but with the scream mask on the side that was a great touch so he's like he he knows what it is to be that character like you know i actually watched this match
0: with uh with courtney and she did pop for the scream mask being on his gear she thought that was cool yeah it was good yeah yeah um, I love the, the finish as well where David went for like a rana. He didn't quite get the legs over Thatcher's shoulders and he almost went for like a, a waist rana. Um, almost did not like he was going to go into like a, a bridging thing or something. And then I don't know whether he like actually legitimately fucked that up and Thatcher was just like, all right, we're done now. And then just crunched him down in like this awesome Boston crab and just got him to tap out. Or whether that was like at the planned finish. If it was the planned finish, I thought it was brilliant. You know, David and Arquette fucking up this Rana and then just getting caught.
1: Boom. Or maybe it was going to be like the whole Rana gimmick. Or Maybe that, yeah, actually that'd be that's a great, smart, super smart finish. Or maybe it was just a legit fuck up where Tim's like, all right, let's take it home. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> but props. It got buried by the commentary team so bad. I wish they hadn't. <laughs> I wish they hadn't, honestly. I like Dawn and I like Excalibur. They're both great. And it felt like they were trying to pop each other the whole time. But, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I wish they hadn't buried everything he's trying to do. Make him look like a total goof.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a fun line, right? I guess from yeah. Don's perspective, as a, a former veteran no of the wrestling wars, you know he has to bury David Arquette to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: I I I really I followed into the next match actually, which was uh, Bill Carr and Dan Barry in the oh the explosion uh,
0: of Team Tremendous. How was that? I, At- I stopped after that match sadly with all the other wrestling I had to watch. It actually was pretty great in the
1: overall thing. It started off where, you know, they're two buddies, so they didn't really want to do anything to each other. And they just brawled around around the outside and fucked around a bit and then found a streamer and started throwing the streamer back and forth at each other and actually bumping and selling the streamer. And like, it was funny and don buried is like i can't believe these assholes are fucking bumping for a streamer <laughs> that's the most <laughs> embarrassing thing and then it got into actually doing like some of the not super deathmatch but traditional stuff like they did uh, some stapler spots and uh there was now, a did they back. actually
0: staple a dollar bill onto one another's head because that is the only it way wasn't... whether you know it's a it's actually got a staple in it my friend
1: Here's the thing, they did staple a $20 bill to Dan's arm, which then this is what made me finally realize the stapler gimmick dawned on me, brother, and I feel so dumb. There's got to be one, at least one staple in there, and then no more. Like, you just staple once, and then every other staple's a fucking work. (laughs) I, I can't believe it just dawned on me recently because I watched two two matches this weekend recently with staplers. So mm. I was like, "Oh, well, shit, that's gotta be what's going on there." And I felt like such an asshole that it took so long to see behind that trick. But that at the same time, I'm kind of bummed that I I figured it out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, to, to me, you know, if, if Schlack is doing that, like there are probably all staples in every one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that shit <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> this is but the yeah. guy that like put a fucking light tube down the had the inside of his jeans that show that we watched and like took that fucking bump that's like you can't even see it like he just does this stuff <laughs> for himself
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then also they did uh skewers and uh a barbed wire bat the skewers was gnarly where and did this they did hate come from has
0: this been some built-up simmering heat in Team Tremendous for some time? <laughs>
1: it didn't seem like it uh, before, no. <laughs> but, but they are like, yeah, we're doing this shit. And then, uh, yeah, DDT with Skewer still in the dome. I Unfortunately, the cameraman, and I... I Matt Farmer called me out for this. I felt kind of like an asshole. But during the match, you could see Dan Barry well, while he's fucking grinding the barbed wire bat into Bill's head. Bill's going up there and... G- Cutting the shit out of himself with a fucking blade. You can see it clear as day because the fucking camera in closes in on it. And I tweeted out, I hate when you can see a gig job. And Farmer said, what's a gig job? And then I read it back. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm not in the business. Why am I talking like this? way? I felt like a fucking asshole. So I deleted it. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, thank you all for calling me out. Because I feel, I, reading that back, I look like a fucking asshole.
0: But uh, anyway. I, I think most of the people that watch wrestling would know what a Quote, unquote, I know, but I just t- me,
1: me talking that way when I'm not an actual professional wrestler looks stupid. I, I, to me, it's using insider terminal A lot of people do it, and you're in the. You were a professional wrestler at one point, Chris. I never I, had like I was. Yeah. <laughs> you I don't know, know. you take offense when like a fucking fan talks like they're inside the business all the time? <laughs>
0: I have a system where if the person is not my friend and they talk like that, I don't like it. But if they're my friend, it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. So when I looked at, it, I'm like, if I was an outsider and I saw James Vanderbeek talking about how much he sees, hates seeing a gig job, I'd be like, shut the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> so,
0: but yeah, it sucks. I saw it; it was clear as day, and then he started bleeding. But nothing on that uh, that Ric Flair one in TNA. You remember that?
1: Oh Lord.
0: Just like walking down you... the aisleway like, <laughs> scratching hey, at everybody. his head.
1: What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was the overall the match was fun and then uh yeah, it was just interesting to see these guys do I thought it was gonna be all comedy and they actually did a bunch of traditional fucking deathmatch spots with and it got pretty fucking
0: bloody. Dang. Uh anything yeah. else on that show that you you're worth mentioning? Uh, Tracy Smothers getting fucking ridiculous. Did you hear oh. about that promo? Oh, was that in the, the match with Sue Young? Yeah. I was going <laughs> to yes. go back and rewatch that and rewatch the the animal match before it, but I just didn't have time, like, because you know how much I love me some Tracy Smothers.
1: Dude, all right, we'll get one. I didn't watch all of them, but one of my favorite lines is, is like, all right, let's go into some of that fucking scientific shit and bore the hell out of these fuckers. Or <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what he said.
0: It was so I always loved, like, Tracy. He was the first guy that I ever heard come out to a crowd and basically get heat and everyone's like booing. like, everybody stop booing or everybody dies. He's <laughs> <laughs> just about to commit mass murder. I always thought that yeah, was great. people
1: should watch that promo. I'm sure there's a, there's more excerpts of it that I'm sure will end up on YouTube, but the Tracy's Speller's promo is pretty great. He does not want to wrestle Sue Young at all.
0: I told you he was the one guy I I paid uh, and got a photo with at Russell Con. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't awesome. care about anyone else. I, I just yeah. want Tracy Smothers. Uh, I think, I think it was like ten bucks. Was it much? Ten but, bucks. Yeah, I got like a signed autograph. Maybe twenty, ten or twenty. So I was like, I'm happy to uh, to to pay you know old, old Tracy some money, whatever. I should have gave Onida some money then. <laughs> Did you see Onida when you were there? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, was where that... you confused the names, right? <laughs> yeah, because some asshole. Dude, honestly, I knew who it was at first. I walked up to the guy, and I
1: called him by his fucking name. He would not have, if I walked up to Onita and called him Otani, he would not want me to take a picture with him. He would yeah. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unless he's the most polite Japanese guy. He's like, stupid American, doesn't know it's two Japanese wrestlers. <laughs>
0: He'd probably do it, but give you, like, a real condescending look while doing But the looks, so.
1: he looked he looked totally fine to be taking a picture with. Me. Nice, nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but, yeah, um, overall, that show, I just watched that bit. And uh, when Joey Ryan came out and, like, made everyone
0: point at his dick like it was the yeah, WrestleMania, like the WrestleMania sign. sign. That was kind that of funny. That was pretty funny, too, yeah. And he had all of the dicks that came out with him.
1: Yeah, and one black
0: guy was in the black penis, but then yeah. <laughs>
1: also for equality, there was a white man in a black penis costume. Oh, I didn't I, notice that. I believe that means racism is racism is over, sir.
0: Yeah. Or oh, wait, is that some sort of um no no in in terms of uh, what, what's it called where you're you're you know take on someone's dress up as someone else's ethnicity? It's called
1: cultural
0: appropriation. appropriation. Yeah. Is and that, it's
1: disgusting, and I hate it.
0: Is that the embodiment of cultural appropriation, a white guy and a big black dick? Close. <laughs> I don't know. This is the ethics department. We need to have an ethics person we call to ask what's okay and what's not. It's a confusing world out here in 2019.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I used to rock a, a, a reggae hat all the time and say, "Yaman," and now I can't do that at all. I never
0: did that. <laughs> Maybe so. you were referring to the... The Spice, uh, J-A-M-O-N. I don't know. (laughs) What? (laughs)
1: Or or Spanish for ham, jamón.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) Okay. Alrighty.
0: Um, So, yeah, Uh, and then on that news, uh, we can parlay that into some current news. Joey Ryan, rumor is he's, he's going up north. You think that's true, or he's just playing that for all it's worth to sell some t-shirts?
1: I would believe that there would be some inkling of truth, but I don't see him going to the WWE and then being expected to wrestle. Like, he's f- found his niche. Like, he doesn't need to do that anymore, even though he has been busting out his drop kick recently a lot. He is... Re- have are you a Joey Ryan fan at all, like, for his actual PWG work before he started doing yeah, this shit? Yeah, yeah, I used to okay. love him back in the day. Because um, and... a lot of people forget he he can go. The fucking guy can wrestle.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was like, what was it? The, the technical wizard uh, was his, his... Yeah, when he first started out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like a, He was, like, all goth almost at first. <laughs> I remember
0: it was a match with, like, him... And it was someone who was actually, like, a really good technical wrestler, like Brian Danielson or something. And I remember Scalabra on commentary was like, okay, at this point, Joey is more the technical apprentice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I
1: could see him being a coach for, like, character stuff down there, but, like, I don't see them bringing him in to have him do the, the dick gimmick.
0: I remember Court said on, uh, Maybe one of the when he was doing the MLW radios while MLW was still a thing, someone asked him about Joey, and he said about Joey is so good because if you're doing a family show, he can go out there and he can do like a family-friendly version of his gimmick, and he can he can give whatever is needed for the actual audience. So I think I don't think he's necessarily that limited in being able to be like, oh well, he can't get people people to touch his dick on WWE TV. So what's up? You know, I'm I'm sure he could do a variation of that uh that's maybe a bit more subtle or i don't know where where it could still still play real well i don't know it'd be interesting to see how it goes
1: i am uh, honestly i think the best bet for him would be aew for at least if they're offering big money paychecks or contracts for just signing up might as well take that if you can keep running with what you're doing and still Mm. work out outside dates right
0: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, is this whole thing of, like, the rumor of him going uh, up north just again so that they can prevent a hot act from going to AEW? This is so insane to me, man. Like, Like, are they just going to lock up his contract for the next, like, three years and he does nothing? Because they're petty.
1: You think it's that much, man? I, I hate don't. to think that they're that petty. Like I, I don't love WWE enough to believe that they're not a corrupt company, but they're like, "Fuck, we gotta
0: lock down that cock, man." <laughs> <laughs> lock down the cock. What was your tweet, Vince? Uh, I, I need that cock. I need that. God damn it! I need that cock.
1: <laughs> I can't. I just it baffles me. Like, I can't see Vince Man being so mad with like we need Joey Ryan in that mustache, and then like people like so much so that they made Bobby Roode shave his beard
0: into just a mustache. Like,
1: good lord, fans! Like you're insane. That can't one could possibly be true, but both can't.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll keep uh, keep track of this story for our listeners at keep home, and we'll yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But apparently I'll be I'll be going to part of the um Joey Ryan farewell tour uh in these um World Series wrestling shows coming up in a couple months in Melbourne, Australia. So Beauty. I'll let you know how they go.
1: Alrighty.
0: Yeah, but uh on to our next show. Um what's chronologically next there? The NWA show maybe? Or no the G uh, C W Crime Wave, I guess. Yeah, right? Dang. So, <laughs> this was one we didn't actually watch live. And I was sad that I didn't watch it live, but I heard all of the good things about it afterwards, which you often do about the GCW shows. And this was in Philly. It was in this, like, the venue was awesome. What do you think of the venue? Uh, I actually, I did tight quarters for a wrestling show, but
1: it almost, like, made it more interesting. It was like a tiny have...
0: punk band, kind of, like, venue that you could just yeah. squeeze a ring in there in front of the stage it was like right up against the bar which we'll get into later for the and proximity the stairs to the bar. like
1: it, it's like literally you you couldn't find a place smaller to fit a wrestling ring in i was but amazed it, no one hit up.
0: the the fans the the not the, the fans like in the crowd but the the, the fans overhead
1: for cooling the environment
0: mm-hmm mm. It got, got pretty close, but yeah, and there was a sweet, like, uh, balcony that went all around, like, kind of over the top of the ring, kind of like back in the day that Freelance Wrestling had similar vibe at the Abbey, rest in peace, the Abbey pub. Um,
1: Part of me goes, uh, literally, of like, I'm sure a fire marshal wouldn't want all these people standing on the stairs. That's in my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always have that that nerd security guy, it's like, come on, people, you're not allowed to stand on the stairs. Not at this show. <laughs> Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> it's like prime viewing area.
0: <laughs> oh man, and oh, did you hear the thing that went down with those flashing lights out the outside the door during? It was funny. It was during the the two most violent matches on the show. Oh yeah,
1: they put it over on the fucking commentary.
0: Yeah, but do you know what it was from? No. Yo, so during the show, I was um checking the the Twitter and Brett Lauderdale posted this video where he went outside the show, the flashing lights and turns around. So he was like, you know, some people would think that, uh, you know, a show called crime wave, that we would be clever and have these, you know, flashing police lights outside of the show to be on theme. (laughs) No, some drunk fucking rich fucker in a Corvette crashed into the ring van, the ring truck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome yeah during the show <laughs> he, like show this on his phone people can, can check out that timeline to see the video it's pretty bloody incredible but yeah just like the odds of that like and then there's police cars and like a, a um, ambulance and shit that was outside there and you could really, you could see kind of from watching the show like you could see out the doors and out the windows and stuff a little bit of what was going on Mm. So good. I, I love when that's shit amazing. like that just comes together.
1: Yeah, it's so <laughs> organic. I yeah. hate that. Everyone uses the term nowadays, but that's literally what happened there. Organic.
0: Yeah. Just everything came together. This dude plowing into the ring truck. Hope the insurance and everything worked out. You know, that, <laughs> that cannot be good for an independent uh, company, but yeah. Wow. No, sir. Uh, but yeah, onto the actual show. I thought the venue added a whole whole bunch to it with everything being so close. Um I don't know whether I loved or hated the commentary. <laughs> you know what I mean? It a hundred percent.
1: Like that's literally what drew Justin into the room. He was <laughs> he was my roommate Justin, I've spoken to before, he lives right across the hall from me. Um for reasons we won't go into, I don't have a door on my room. I have a big, large room. It's like essentially it would be like the family room, but it has no door, unfortunately. But he was hearing the wrestling come through. He walks in and goes, "This commentary is fucking ridiculous." <laughs> 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 like, come in here and listen, and you have to see what they're talking about. To almost like appreciate what the fuck's going on, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 for real, yeah. Props to Danny Havoc. I. I've grown to love Danny Havoc on commentary. Um, I can't quite recall the, the name of the dude that was doing it with him, but he, he definitely added something as well. Something. Uh, yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> I love At Danny. One... Danny put over his professionalism during the show. At one point, he, uh, he, he mentioned that, you know what? I uh, got to this show five minutes before bell time. I have no idea of what the card was meant to be because I didn't do any homework whatsoever. So, every guy that's just been coming out has been a delightful surprise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. One of my favorite points in the uh, during, I think it was Schlack and Mance at one point the guy goes northern light suplex and it it definitely was not a Northern Lights.
0: <laughs> i was like
1: no that was not <laughs> yeah yeah i just want to do that during the show like just call like elaborate names for moves that are not the move at all like just, you sound like you're if nobody knows what you're talking about you sound like you know what you're talking about but you
0: yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. Splash Mountain Bomb. <laughs> like that was a hip toss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh so yeah, that was that was like a, a fun uh almost like an Easter egg thing to, to follow through the show. Just the ridiculous shit that was gonna be said on, on commentary. Uh there yeah. was a bit where Brett Lauderdale actually got on commentary, um and the microphone wasn't working. So all we heard was uh, Danny Havoc doing half of the commentary and then faintly, if you turn up the volume really loud, you could hear Brett's voice (laughs) coming across onto uh, Danny's mic. So you could sort of hear Brett's (laughs) additions to the show, but not really. The professionalism here was five stars. It was great. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it almost made the show better.
0: Yeah, there was there was parts where the the camera and and to think this is live streamed on Fight TV, and there was a part where like the camera was just sitting on the bar for like a good minute and a half.
1: I never caught that.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I just watched the the thing from start to finish, and yeah, there's all these little lovely little little bits like that that I appreciated. That was fun. One of my favorite
1: moments was uh, during uh, Orphidium and Gringo oh, that Loco. That was a great match. Hey. I enjoyed the lucha spots. Some really great lucha stuff in that match. Uh, But at one point, Ophidian was going to do a a dive off the top rope, but he chose to run down the bar. But he had to ask the cameraman to get the fuck out of the way to allow (laughs) him to run down the bar to jump up onto the top rope and then deliver the fucking dive. It was pretty cool.
0: A lot of people walked along that bar. On this show. And mm-hmm. I was asking, like, because Courtney was there in the background doing her uni work while I was watching this, and, and I'm like, do you think the venue is just that chill with people walking on the bar? Like, has anyone asked? Like, to mm-hmm. me, generally, walking on, on the, the bar counter is uh, frowned upon. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe rules are different in Philly.
1: No, definitely no one's supposed to be doing that. <laughs> they, they even mentioned uh when joey janella was in the match with tony that they it looked like he was about to deliver the pile driver onto the bar itself and they get i don't think the bar management has approved that did anyone approve this do they know if, <laughs> are we allowed to do that it, it clearly sounded panicked
0: yeah i loved how like because the bar and and again just how jammed up this venue was um like, the bar was, like, basically right to the edge of the entranceway, which was right next to the ring. So, like, I think, um, uh, what's it, Marco Stunt, like, just mm-hmm. came out the entrance way and then stepped up onto the bar and then just walked, yeah. walked along the bar to get in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about etiquette on this show. Yeah. No. No. Uh, but yeah, there's some fun shit that, that match, uh, again, um, as always Gringo Loco is just bloody great. More people need to book him and get onto his magic. He, He just like makes everyone else look so much better.
1: And Ophidian's real good too, man. Like yeah, he's he's been doing it like hey. so good for Shakara.
0: Because I, uh, I but... remember Ophidian from back in the day just doing like, you know, the, the Egyptian Osirian dance Portal? thing. Yeah, Osirian Portal with uh, Jonathan Gresham back in the day in a, a prior life. Um and yeah, I never he, he did cool lucha spots, but not, never to like the level of what we saw on this show. So it's like he's, he's really improved. Yeah, and the one moment,
1: that like I hate to, it stood out so long because fucking when Gringo Loco was standing, he climbs up onto the ropes like he's going to do a spot. And then he's not actually on, like, in the corner. He's, like, uh, off the apron, and he's standing on the second rope, kind of leaning on the third rope. And he's standing there forever and ever and ever as Ophidian is going to do a spot. And Ophidian eventually gets to the point where he just does a simple rana to take him off the fucking ropes. Like, it. I hate when people hang yeah. out on the ropes for so long and look like a fucking asshole. Like, I get it. You're doing a spot. Make it a little quicker. You're making your pal look like a fucking dickhead.
0: Yeah. I mean, you get that a lot with Lucha-style stuff or, like, just uh. matches where it's, like, so convoluted in terms of, like, the way you're putting stuff together and how, yeah, it's how intricate it's put together. Like, yeah. it's funny. Like, you, you would just think in that moment to just... You know, all right, fuck this off. This is taking too long. Let's go to the next thing. But then your version of the next thing can like sometimes be on a different page to what the other guy's version of the next like thing you're, is. You're stuck.
1: Like, well, you can't do anything.
0: Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, that's like a bit of a an indictment on on how much like the way overly choreographed matches that are pretty standard these days uh like how limiting they can be and like compare yeah. that to like back in the day where everything's just reactive you know you just go on what you feel in that moment and it's almost like jazz wrestling you know which i thought was really cool but it, it's just jazz a bit wrestling. different these days
1: <laughs>
0: yeah whenever you have a spare moment just jazz hands jazz hands yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was but no nah, i week. i uh thought it was it was fun fun match it was a Some good match real man. cool shit and then uh, what was the next thing of of significance to you? Uh,
1: Schlackenmancer cool. again.
0: <laughs> that was a fucking, fucking spectacle.
1: <laughs> that was gnarly. That's the one where, like I said, where Justin came in and I made him sit down, and I'm like, watch this thing that he puts in his head. So he puts the fucking, I think what they, I forget what they called it. Uh, like,
0: uh, it's called. A Kinsaw,
1: or a Kinsaw, or
0: something. something like that. Yeah, I was wanting to yeah. look this up, because I... Um... I was
1: trying to find the fucking thing, but it's like a round disc covered in spikes. Yeah. And Schlack pounds this fucking thing into Mancer's head, uh, and then just starts punching it over and over and over. And then after Mancer eventually gets the offense again, you think he'd pull this thing out of his fucking dome, but no, Brother starts head-butting schlack with this fucking thing in his head. So Justin's like, oh, oh no, oh no. And I realized recently, Chris, that Deathmatch wrestling is the only wrestling that gets a legitimate visceral reaction out of me anymore. Like I, th- this is me actually responding like, I'm legitimately not just, like, playing along. We're like, oh, that was that cool spot. I'm like, I'm like oh, oh, my God. No. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that very much. <laughs> I'm the same. Like, there's moments in that. And it was that, that moment for me as well. Because I'd seen that, you know, that, that spot with the, the disc thing in a, a bunch of other, like, deathmatch shit. Especially, like, yeah. I remember, I think it was, like, it was a Vice documentary or something. It was on, like, a CZW big big show on one of those shows and um abdullah kobayashi from big japan they they did that spot with that spike metal disc and then the dude like just clobbered him with like a chair shot and it really just like got it in there and then they showed after oh it's called a kenzen kenzen I i can't find it online there i have i have no idea how to spell it
1: i just that's how they pronounced it
0: yeah no that's yeah that's it but yeah and uh Kobayashi had it in his head and then they just like proceeded to film for like five minutes of the the EMT just with like pliers just like trying to get it out of his head and like the skin oh. like stretching and just like him not being able to and just showing how difficult it was to get it out and then I'm just like watching this match and I'm like fucking ow. And
1: then, that's like later in the match but earlier in the match they did again. Uh, we were speaking about the stapler spots and how I now the magic is gone, unfortunately. But uh, they did some stapler spots and then stapled, quote unquote, Mancer's tongue to the top turnbuckle. And then it did a German like to, to rip his tongue off the turnbuckle. It's like fucking hey, man. That is actually a great deathmatch spot, to be honest. With you. Like, yeah, that's super creative. Kai gets his. His tongue stapled to the turnbuckle and then the German suplex, they rip him from it.
0: Yeah. And like they did that in like the first bloody minute of the match. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. Oh, here we or go. Banana. A Kenzan also called. Spell it for me, buddy. K-E-N-Z-A-N. Also called yeah. spiky frog is a <laughs> specific device used in the Japanese art of flower arrangement. Ikebana for fixing the flowers in the container.
1: Holy shit, yes. There you go. Damn, what a... a, a this thing is meant for beautiful <laughs> flower arrangements. It's meant
0: <laughs> and used as an implement of destruction. I'm going to call it the Sparky Frog from now on. I'm down, Spiky Frog. Here's the Sparky Frog Why? again. <laughs> Why is that a wrestler's name? <laughs>
1: The spiky
0: frog! It was bouncing oh, down to the ring. And they like, had the gusset plates as well that got uh, oh. Mance was like, putting on the chest of Schlack.
1: And Schlack just started stabbing himself with them after he pulled them out. He's like, yeah. you know what? I don't even care. Stabby, 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 stabby.
0: <laughs> Fuck. And yeah, when um, Mance just had so much blood coming down that head, especially that post-match, this, this match was just a spectacle. Uh, Oh,
1: wait, wait, we got it. We can't go past this spot. At one point, uh, they're outside and they have set up a door. Yes, a door between the stage and the apron. And uh, Manser goes to do a turn, a tornado DDT to put Schlack through the door off of. The back of not just a security guy, but a legit fan. <laughs> yeah, a legit fan was like, "Hell yeah, I'm getting down here to be he <laughs> ran off because we're fucking
0: marks." If, if Mance said, "Get down here and fucking yeah. let me run off your back," I'd hate that shit. Hey, if Mance asked me to get down here, to all fours, what am I gonna say about it? You know? Hell yeah. So <laughs> he does it.
1: Manceer does the fucking tornado DDT. Guess what? Door no
0: sells. There was some uh, real no-selling hard-ass doors. During this yes, match sir. and during this show. But
1: Manson says, you know what? The the spot is we go through the fucking door. So he gets <laughs> him up. On oh, the apron, <laughs> he, right? Yeah, on the apron. And he puts him through that fucking door. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. I was like, Justin, watch this shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he really drove him. He's like, we are definitely breaking this door this time. <laughs> yes,
1: sir. <laughs> I love Mancer, He's great.
0: Oh, so good. So good. And yeah I mean that's pretty much that match. That was wonderful. Yes. Every every dumb thing that we love about Schlack and every dumb thing we love about Mance one beautiful match.
1: Wonderful. I have I have a mixed feeling about because 'cause I've heard so many things about him and so I'm like I don't know the guy, so I can't pass judgment, but he's a fucking maniac. Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's only one one Schlack in the world. That's probably a good I- thing. Thank <laughs> um other than that i uh i watched every match on the show but i guess i just want to talk about the ones that really had something that stood out to me like that that nick gage match um, He just fucking
1: beat the shit out
0: of cole Is it cole claxton yeah yeah claxton he murdered that guy you know he my favorite part of and the match he was smiling the entire time yeah my favorite part was where he um, he popped him up like over the ropes, and gave him a back body drop up over the ropes, out of the ring into the onto the fucking stairs. Into and the stairway. You stairwell. don't
1: want to see a smiling Nick Gage like it's, a happy Nick Gage is someone who's brutalizing somebody, so it's a scary thing to see.
0: <laughs> so good. <gasps> He was just having a, a delight in there, you know. And oh, those fucking chair shots, though, that like hurt my feelings watching those chair shots.
1: Uh, and of course, no match the Nick Gage is complete without a Nick Gage. I fucking love you guys.
0: <laughs> the beautiful promo. Oh, I love it so much. The young... I, love, I fucking love you guys
1: is the best shit. I fucking love you guys. I love you fuckers,
0: motherfuckers. <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, nick is is just a special kind of cat really again no one like nick gage i'm a proud proud white member of the mdk gang
1: <laughs> white new jack
0: yeah but more awesome yeah hell yeah
1: mdk all day man all effing, all day. effing i day. cleaned it up
0: for the kids mm-hmm. um there was one other thing about that match what was it? Oh yeah, I was gonna say the um the chair shot thing. There was multiple times during this show where it's like there was a time a few years ago when there was a controversy on people would take unprotected chair shots to the head. I'm just mm-hmm. like as a society, I guess that's not a thing anymore, huh?
1: <laughs> I think everyone's still kinda of like, ew they don't wanna see it, but if you guys are gonna do it to each other, like we're gonna out loud say gross, but that's your brain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I definitely, you know, compared to back in the day with those Masato, Tanaka, Mike Awesome matches where I would just, like, let out a scream of giddy joy every time one of those gross chair shots would happen. now I look at it and I'm more just like, oh, no, no. Uh, But it's it's still a spectacle. And if the guys want to do it, hey, um, that's their call, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, and I will say it now, I would recommend against it. But if you want to do it, I might watch that match.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. There. Other than that, uh, the oh man, This match with Homicide and Colby Carino. You did not have the joy of watching this, did you?
1: I went through some of it, uh, but I know I did not watch it. I, at <laughs> one point, I was watching Homicide put Kobe into the fucking cop killer and I hit forward because I was like I don't need to see this young boy
0: cop killed like was it pretty pretty hard yeah he dropped Uh, him like a lot stiffer than you normally would see and D has gained some weight yeah a little bit he's looking a little bit more like Monster Mac these days (laughs) like a smaller like maybe a mini Mac like a baby Mac
1: (laughs) oh I like it
0: No no I i got all the love in the world for homicide, but this match yeah, was was just, just weird um, there was because it's continuing the feud of uh, the the homicide Steve Carino feud from back in the day in ROH, which I love, yep. and in general, you know if you know anything about me anytime you'd like do a story playing off that kind of nostalgia like i'm I'm right fucking here for it, man uh, tug on those nostalgic heartstrings, and so the, the ROH thing was obviously built off of that rad um, match that they had where it was Steve that hit homicide in the ear and then his like ear started bleeding and he got like a almost like lost his hearing in the ear because of it and then they had like the big barbed wire match and everything out of it but that was the, the, the crux of it really and it was one of those good like you know really heated feuds to where you you know it was one of those ones where you're like ooh I don't know but I think they really don't like one another I mean as like dumb as that is to say. Like that was kind of the feeling that you had when you were watching it, which was cool True at history. the time. Yeah. But you beat up my dad. Yeah, now we, we fast forward twenty years or whatever it is and uh we had the next generation version and to start it, Homicide like cut a promo into the camera, assuming that Steve Carino was watching this from NXT. And he just told him how much of a bitch his son was. And <laughs> he basically said he was going to rape him. He was going to rape his kid live on the pay for few. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rape your kid there, Steve.
0: Yeah, pretty much exactly that. And then uh, through the match, it got really uncomfortable because homicide is the kind of cat where you're like, he might actually <laughs> rape him.
1: <laughs> the whole time i was uh, when i saw him come out i was like where's julia smokes and is he fork stabbing somebody
0: yeah j train but yeah there is there was that's some potential like i'll go through the, the there was the good um you know homicide uh got, was over it was a very good you know easily hateable dude uh so we got everyone to basically really hate him before the match even started and got some real mad heat there. Uh Colby had some, some fire in there. Some of his, his strikes looked good, some of his strikes did not look good, but you know, he was trying. And he had some sweet like running knee strikes and shit. So but then other than that it just kinda got to a bit where it got a bit uh a bit weird and the whole rape thing got a bit awkward too. Like I don't know how much you want to play on that in like twenty nineteen maybe. I don't no. know. Probs not, hey. But yeah, and then they had this weird bit where they they did like a, a callback spot to the ear and the commentary team had no idea what it was about and they didn't like mention anything about it like being a callback to the ROH match or anything like that. I guess, again, because <laughs> of the, the wonderfully unprepared Danny Havoc. So I can't complain too bad. But uh, yeah, then in the end, at the finish where – we, we didn't establish who she was. Some sort of girl relative of uh of Steve and Colby. I think someone homicide said it was his goddaughter. They thought he said granddaughter, and it's like, how does that even work out time wise? I don't know. <laughs> um no one knew who she was, and then Danny Havoc's basically wait, so anyone can throw in the towel now? Could I just throw in the towel and this would be over? Oh, I I did see the towel get thrown in. <laughs> yeah. So then in commentary, they're basically burying the finish the logic (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then yeah just just got a bit bit weird but i don't know i mean uh, it's it's,
1: steve carino's dog sister's cousin
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, it almost like felt like all right this is going to make sense because then the next show steve carino is going to come back and we're going to have a big like barbed wire death match with steve carino homicide but i'm pretty sure that's not going to happen so i don't know what this was no sir so that was that and then the the last thing is the main event Tony Deppen and Joe Janella main event in the show and how good's this like how much we we have some mad love for Tony Deppen and he's like gone from being that opening match guy to being like main event of the show and what an excellent dickhead he is you know Actually
1: I think that was Truly highlighted uh, by the post match speech of one Joey Janela, who put put him over Tony uh, as a stud. As uh, Joey had been doing commentary while he was on the shelf all six months, watching this guy wrestle and be a total fucking dickhead while doing so, and he told him what a great dickhead he was and what a great wrestler he was. It was pretty tremendous. Uh, and you know what? I I'm hoping and Let's start a ground uh, floor campaign about getting a Tony Deppen berth at Bola. What do you think about that, buddy?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard some some um, rustling in the bushes of of that ground heard, swell. Yeah, yeah. People have uh, have said what uh, what more of a perfect guy would uh, Tony Deppin be? And I think in PWG he'd fit in so well. Yep. Yeah, I think that needs yeah, to happen.
1: This is a great match and. Really actually quite insane with, as Joey mentioned, six months from injury working that hard. Because they did some crazy spots. and They went like went 25
0: minutes. Track. It was a yeah. long, long-ass match.
1: Yeah, you checked in on me as I was watching because I literally just got done watching the show. <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, they just did the package pile driver spot off of the bar onto the, the apron. apron which, <laughs> holy fuck. How nuts was, was that?
0: But all of the I crazy match, all of the crazy spots in the match I did notice pretty much all of them were Tony Deffen like getting dropped on his head,
1: yeah <laughs> the finish was fucking insane, like directly onto his head
0: mm-hmm. yeah the uh what was it the the thing off of the top
1: yeah, it was like a falcon arrow kind of driver driver combination thing,
0: yeah, are you in a are you in
1: an aviary? I just heard birds chirping.
0: I have a backyard, and uh, that is the birds in my backyard.
1: Those are legit IRL birds. It's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. I always like the sound in the background of if you're ever watching golf. You can just hear oh, yeah. birds chirping. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time watching golf, but if I do, that's my favorite part. So I hope that we can have the same feeling on this podcast.
1: Except as a bar for birdie. Chip chip chip
0: choop <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I thought this match was definitely the hero of the show. It it made it. Like it was a fun show, but if it wasn't for this match it, it wouldn't have been that memorable, but this was this was it. And I was happy for Tony as well as obviously being happy for like Joey. It's like, you know, what a story of like coming back after that um that crazy knee injury the match against psychosis and how long it's been and everything and like you said like coming back was it four months early or something
1: yeah hey wait how give me a two-word review for ktb and no
0: legs oh (laughs) how did i forget that (laughs) (laughs) justin um you go three words how was it pretty crazy i guess that was, that's it was the original. Yeah, it was pretty much exactly what we got out of the Deppen match. Okay, um, but with some more fun big man KTB spots mixed in. Cool. And I guess passes. KTB being a little bit less of a dickhead than um, <laughs> Tony, but still, you know, good level of dickhead. But I guess you have to walk a fine line. You know, how much of a dickhead you want to be while wrestling a guy with uh with no legs
1: i like there's probably wrestling fans out there that are like man i can't stand this intergender shit but give me no legs
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm all about
1: it (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) exactly oh the, the best part about that was on um commentary again another one of these these wonderful bits of wisdom from uh danny havoc they're pointing out that um it's almost like three full circle in K T B was the opponent for Marcos stunt when he debuted. As a similar thing to the the debut of um of Dustin, uh we picked him out of the crowd and then they remarked about how um Marcos uh in uh maybe slight different words basically said about how he uh he either I think he said he's too young or something, and he said, I'm not too young to make love to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> i hope so. Yeah. Mom, jeez. Yeah, and then they, they remarked about how they weren't sure whether he actually uh, made love to KTB's mother, who they referred to as Mama Beast, because he used yeah. pile the beast. <laughs> oh yeah i remember that <laughs> and then they were saying about how uh if this would actually be about the time that the the baby would be uh would be born perhaps it's about nine months later you know so is there a little little marcos beast out there somewhere i don't know uh, adorbs yeah i enjoyed that that was fun so yeah would uh would recommend checking this show out if you just want some fun dumb shit to watch uh It's everything you want out of GCW, really.
1: Yes, indeedy.
0: GCW continues to bring the fun. And uh, on from that, something completely different. We watched the the NWA Crockett Cup. Did you just Um, sort of get this on a whim or what?
1: I actually just happened to... I I saw some people tweeting about it, and I jumped on to a, a service that maybe... Stream some of this shit for free. Oh, um, apologies, NWA. I don't normally steal shit, but hey, every once in a while, if it just falls in your lap, you do it. Uh, but yeah, I just watched it on the well, streaming service. I paid service. for
0: it, so I feel like that sort of works it out. You know, at least the podcast. Half, uh, half our dollar. Yeah, at least this podcast. Act, you know, we uh, we got one purchase, so that makes it sort of okay, I guess. There you go. Yep. My shekels down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, actually, I. This was a really fun
1: show. Um, I like to see my boy Royce Isaacs, uh, former Defy Tag Team Champion, uh, actually featured pretty prominently. And in like, it seemed like a wild card gimmick. They put him in uh, the former Bram Bram, uh, Tom Latimer together. Mm -hmm.
0: I was surprised Mm -hmm. to see how far they went. Through the tournament, yeah, especially when they uh, went over um, Flip and Bandito, because I thought it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that the final would be Flip and Dem- Bandito against uh, Pco and Brody. So I was like, that'd be a great match, um, and it makes sense and everything. Uh, but yeah, then they they went the other way, and Isaacs and is it Isaacs and Latimer, or is it yeah. yeah uh they went to the finals so it was a bit of a surprise but overall like, i thought it it was great it had like a really good flow to it the overall pay-per-view i loved like the nostalgia little things that they threw in there like the the ring itself when yeah, i first the
1: ring, like, oh, the ring mat it looked when great I
0: first like bought the pay-per-view cuz i forgot that it was on to start with and then i like bought it and then right as it started they were just going into the entrances of rock and roll express versus the briscoes Which was the match I was the most excited to see on that entire show. And it did not fail to deliver. Um, But, yeah, when I saw just, like, the ring with the old school, like, blue and the yellow NWA in the middle of it. And just the overall, like, that retro presentation. The building as well that they they ran in um, up in Concord there, like... I think that was like one of the actual same buildings that NWA used to run like Crockett back in the day. That is true. Yeah. So I thought that was all really, really cool. And the graphics as well. They like had that real awesome, like late 80s uh, NWA uh, style graphics, like from the the TV show, which I thought was just like a really well done touch. But yeah. And
1: I, I like the commentary team quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jim Jim Cornette is such a great commentator in the year, like, 2019. Like, I, I would have not expected that, but he's, like, as soon as he made his comeback onto those, like, because um, he did the NW anniversary show, and now he's, like, doing the MLW, he's pretty much become, like, the best commentator in the world, in my opinion.
1: I did l- appreciate, uh you know, sometimes they talk a lot, so they don't necessarily say the smartest things. Uh, And the oversimplifying of things comes off uh, maybe a little dumb when they're trying to, you know, reflect what's going on. At one point, some guy ended up in the front row, and Jim said, it's like 3D. (laughs) It is 3D. Yeah, that's my (laughs) point exactly, dude. (laughs) It's like, not only is it like it, sir, it is, in fact,
0: 3D. (laughs) Stupid Jim. But no,
1: it was it was fun. it's and so, it's Ian, so Ian funny. it's so funny he's trying too. to relate it to technology, yeah, <laughs> like trying to make some sort of modern day reference and fucking it up entirely.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I thought it had like a, a niceness to it. Like I'm just envisioning this guy with those old school kind of like 3D glasses or in the 3D movie, and like the the things are coming out of the screen and like he can almost way. touch it
1: when it touches him in the face. Yeah, you know, yeah. Almost-
0: and then someone's in the front row doing the same, and then if a wrestler just end up in their face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. <laughs> he blocked me recently. I don't fucking care for Jim Cornette anymore.
0: Oh, don't say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's, I said it. Oh. Jim Cornette, fuck you.
0: Oh! Fuck you, Jim Cornette. No, sure. Just... Fuck, fuck
1: you, okay, bye. <laughs> God damn it. Everyone, please
0: note that those fuck yous to Jim Cornette came directly from Mr. Vanderbeek and not from Chris. I'm a big fan and I love you, Jim Cornette, despite you blocking my good friend. Uh, yes, yeah, so
1: this is Chris right here, and this Chris says, fuck you, Jim Cornette. Hey,
0: <laughs> that's not me. This is a falsification. People can't tell the difference, sir. No. Courtney did remark how good your Australian accent was in the last it was episode. Nice of her. <laughs>
1: she can placate me. maybe me feel good about myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. There's a bit of South African in there and there's a bit of New Zealand in there, but in the end, it's just a overall good job.
1: I'm giving it a shot. I'm doing my best.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. doing my best. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, other than that on the show, I did want to make sure to bury um, Medusa's speaking abilities did you see that bit she was so robotic it like was so awkward what with
1: all the wild dramatic pauses of medusa yeah <laughs> or medusa made in the usa like <laughs> you it's just the first time you told everyone that's what that meant because i never knew that
0: i'm assuming back in the day when she like debuted for fucking what was that like women's company that she came up in like in the late 80s early 90s Oh, shit. Was it the same one they made the TV show out of recently? Glow? She was a part of Glow? Maybe? I don't know. I'm probably getting this completely wrong. And We've got some, like, ardent Glow fans from back in the day that watched every Yeah, but every I, never I never made it the USA.
1: I never realized that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, she did not do a great job here. I was happy to see her, to start with, and I thought the women's match was actually... Um, Surprisingly good for what it was. I was very. But impressed she goes
1: back managing, managing
0: yeah. Royce Isaacs
1: and Tom Latimer? Like, what? How did that angle develop? Could we get a backstage
0: vignette of how that came together? Well, they had it in the match prior, where they like took a tumble to the outside, and she was like sitting oh, on the outside, out. and then she just had a quick word to them, and then she walked <laughs> to the back, and then they turned around and were like, "Ooh." <laughs> like, okay, how did this that go? Entirely. Yeah, I I don't know what it was meant to be. Is there like some sort of like three-way romantic situation that happened in the back and now they're all buddy buddy or I don't know.
1: Well, to clear up anybody's uh that might have been yelling at their radio or podcasting device. Uh she was originally just part of the standard old AWA, but then eventually moved on to All Japan Women. Right. And then There was a chick uh in Uh, Wow, her I think her name was something Gold or something like that, but she was like an All American USA type character. So maybe that's where you were.
0: And that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed.
1: Anyway, but yeah, what? How the? You said actually a lot of people put over the main event. So I went and going to get sushi with my girlfriend, but I heard the main event was real, real good. Tell me about this. It
0: was really uh, well done because. The, the pacing of the show again was, was quite well done in, in that it got to the finals, which was uh, Isaac's and Latimer against PCO and Brody. And you're like the show has been gone a bit of a while and then they just went real fast like because they teased this like uh, shoulder injury from PCO and then PCO basically got Brody to like just pull it out like back into joint kind of thing, and then yep. he just proceeded to just beat the shit out of them and win. <laughs> so it's just like alright, that's done, great and then they had a really nice moment where they celebrated and celebrated with uh, Nikita and um, Magnum TA, which was like a really cool moment and then they had the, the family of, um, of David Crockett Senior um, Yeah, and overall the presentation was great and then we got to the main event and I guess they wanted to get that out of the way because they gave the main event a good amount of time um, and it was like just a really good like old school nwa t- nwa world title match. Um a lot of blood, like once the blood got going that sort of gave that that other sort of nostalgic feel because like they were so big on um on blood in the the mid to late 80s in Crockett. Uh like you know every time pretty much every single dusty match you ever see he's just like bleeding from <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that then when like the mat just got like all smeared with the blood and it had like the bloody NWA letters, it was like, oh, that gets me like right in the the nostalgic buttons. Like there's just been a horseman beat down on Paul Lex Luger or someone and he's like covered in blood. But yeah, overall, the match just I thought it, it was just really solid and not too flashy, but it just told a good story. Um, I guess like the story of, of, um, Marty and Nick, like formally, you know, being friends, but then the the pressure of the match kind of like weighing on that friendship and like they built this up really well through the, the NWA series on YouTube as well, which I have to commend too. Um, but yeah. yeah they
1: incorporated some cool vignettes, uh, throughout the show, putting it over the main event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there was like, you felt the importance of it too, which like so much, in today's wrestling where like belts don't mean shit. It's like this belt felt like it was really important. And I think you have to like put over both Nick Aldis for that. Um, everything that Billy Corgan's done with the NWA to, to bring it back. Um, and you know, Marty did a, a great job of like building it up to, to be a really important thing to him um, but also again the commentary got to got to put over Ian Riccoboni and the NWA um, commentator who who does a great job from um, Championship Wrestling on Hollywood. Uh, but Jim Cornette as well. Like they made it feel like the NWA title in 2019 is the most important belt in the world. And like how ridiculous would that be to say like even a year ago? But like when you're watching this, you're like yeah that belt is really important. And I thought that was really, really cool. And then to the point where Marty just didn't, didn't get the win and you wanted him to, but then Nick gets, got the win and Marty did a great job of kind of like becoming the heel through it. So you wanted Nick to win. Uh, yeah, I thought it was overall really, really well done. And yeah, That's awesome. It's, it's just cool to actually care about a belt in wrestling. You know, it's like, it's been so long since you actually really do. I mean, new Japan does a great job of it. Um, but a lot of other wrestling, it doesn't, but I'm, I'm really excited with what's going on with the NWA and I hear they've got a new weekly TV show, um, coming up on, uh, on YouTube. So as well as on the, the honor club. So that'll be cool to, um, see how that goes as well.
1: Very true. Very true.
0: Mm, And Nikita Koloff looked, uh, bloody awesome
1: and english lessons have really done wonders for the man
0: <laughs> i love the way they did the promo uh where they're like he, he just
1: priests are like what happened to your accent
0: yeah and he starts it with like the hard russian accent like back in the 80s um the crockett world championship wrestling days and then he just like sort of goes off and then he's like oh you know you live in america for long enough you lose your accent <laughs> and we're just like okay great that's been addressed I'm...
1: I remember as a kid, Nikita was one of the guys that, like, because I didn't watch a ton of NWA and stuff or AWA, but he was a guy that just looked scary as fuck. Like, yeah. Holy shit.
0: I've been watching back, like, a bunch of the (sighs) mid 80s um, Crockett lately, and one of the best parts of it is Uncle Ivan and Nikita Koloff. Like, they're just such a great duo. Even just, like, after. Nikita will do his like squash match, where he just like murders this poor fucking jobber with the the Russian sickle lariat um yeah the, just the promos where they're like yelling at this like you know phony as shit Russian accent, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you believed it at the same time because it was presented with credibility, so it, it was a great same act
1: when, yeah. when Yoga when came out and said. Samoa! My, my naive stuff said, man, Japanese people are the best. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. He was literally saying he's not even from Japan.
0: <clears throat> ah, All right, so uh, that's that. Now, finally, um, yes. on to the, the last show, which was the Fight Club Pro. And uh, I uh, only finished watching this this morning. Um, this happened a few weeks ago, I believe.
1: Yes, sir. I believe a week and a half ago.
0: Yeah. in uh, Wolverhampton, England, uh, one of the main home bases of Fight Club Pro. Now this is the group that is, uh, run or owned, or at least was it in the past by Trent Seven and, um, and Tyler Bate. Not. Tyler Bate, uh, Trent Seven and, um, Travis Banks, I thought. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the whole show had like a, from the exact start of the show, it had like a really cool feel to it. Like just the presentation, the the style of the filming. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned to me straight away, you're like, there's no commentary. And, um, I thought that was really cool. Like it, it you get like a different feeling. It's almost like you can focus more on the wrestling when there's no commentators talking, you know, nonsense or whatever. I mean I thought that was a cool thing. What what did you think? Do you think it added to it or took away?
1: I thought it added to it. Uh I at points in time that I was like doing art so I find myself easily getting distracted by my art I was working on so I couldn't I made sure I had to look up a lot more often to keep track with some of the stuff that's going on, but uh, I really enjoyed the presentation with no commentary. Um, The one thing I didn't like, though, is the room seems very cavernous, so uh, there was a lot of echo, and you could hear like, almost like an ambient conversation going on next to one of the microphones, like maybe they didn't realize that that was going on, like, I could hear like a small smattering of a conversation that was just kind of like for a good extended
0: period of time of the show like the but, kind of thing where if you watch like the house show footage it's like filmed from like shows in the 90s and that and you're just it on youtube and you just hear like some annoying dude next to the whoever's filming and you just hear the whole conversation
1: yeah but it was like super loud by any means but you could definitely tell somebody was having a conversation but outside of that i thought it was great like the dark lighting uh, it almost made it look more like a show, less than a sport, uh, because you know, again, no commentary. You're just here enjoying a stage of action that's going on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of it is like kind of meant to give that bit more of a gritty feel, which I thought it did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, really cool. The first match I watched, I couldn't skip through the. Um, oh, how cool is the 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 heel? Uh, faction the Freuder. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, so this is the heel group with like Chris Brooks, Kid Lykos, um, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, Walter used to be in it. Uh, it was it's basically like the heel super group that has all of the the big big superstars in it. Um, and I get I hate to like compare everything to like the NWO, but it kind of had that cool heel group kind of vibe to it that kind of gave me that feeling i don't know what do you think
1: no that i never i didn't really think about that but yeah definitely like they got the all dark uh really ominous music uh everyone's wearing black leather looking cool so yeah definitely
0: how sweet were their shirts the the merch um, i've been looking
1: because they sold out for a while like when i first saw the name because i've always liked the word schadenfreude it's fucking great Mm. you know what it means right
0: it's like that emotion that like doesn't have a quite a perfect definition in like english language right it means taking pleasure in the misfortune of others Mm. yeah so what a great heel gimmick is that so fucking great
1: yeah and the song tremendous. I've been listening on repeat like the ever I wanted I to this, look it I, up.
0: It's real cool.
1: It's like called Human Fly or some shit like that. But yeah, it's super, super dope. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like everybody in the group and I didn't know they were in the fucking one unit 'cause
0: Apparently I, their merch sales are going insane, man. You say about like them being sold out. Yeah, it's sold uh, out. Oh, yeah. Davis was telling me recently like just that he is like surprised by how crazy they're doing and all of those dudes get their their cut and uh, it's it's really nice apparently. yeah the nice wall flag and everything
1: but yeah, a great group can build around like a bunch of group a better group of talent because honestly all the guys are fucking tremendous I've ever since I've seen Chris Brooks wrestle, he's like one of my favorite tag team wrestlers of all time I have to say
0: yeah yeah Chris Brooks is so underrated. Um, it's a bit sad with uh, sounds like uh, Kid Lycos is, is retiring. Yeah. So see what happens. There I know we dealt with like a whole bunch of nasty injuries and stuff. You you saw did you see Brooks and Lycos when the progress came out to your neck of the woods last uh, year?
1: Brooks wrestled with Gresham. Lycos wasn't up here. But I got to see Lycos uh this week or during WrestleMania weekend. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. But uh so this opening match was uh Brooks and Kyle Fletcher. Normally I'm used to seeing Kyle team with Davis, but on this occasion it was him and, uh, and Brooks. It was almost like tag teams of, of different partners because um, Brooks uh, used to be in um, in CCK with the now-departed Travis Banks. So it's almost like we have these two other partners teaming together against um, Hallowick and Nightmare, which is... Kind of fun to see them for the first time in quite a while. I have watched uh, *Shakara* in a, a little spell, but
1: I hate to correct you, sir, but it's *Frightmare*. Isn't that what I said? You said
0: *Nightmare*. I believe I said *Frightmare*, sir. Oh, I'll argue this. No, I don't know. <laughs> if either of us it can, can bother, long. we'll listen back to this podcast and we'll it, determine it, who was okay. right. But I can't be bothered, Either way,
1: honestly. yeah. Fucking awesome to see! I was I was shocked to see those guys actually make a, their way out there, um, and fucking a, hey, Frightmare's leather body suit, body armor shit is fucking cool looking, dude. Yeah. I, I'm into presentation of wrestlers a lot, of course, but Shikara was, was always little...
0: good about that. They always had like better gear than like everyone else on the indies.
1: Yeah, well, so... then, because they're all about presentation, man. They got, they got character down to a T.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading a really good article by the the seamstress that did all of the stuff for the Shakara guys, and yeah, apparently uh, Quack was pretty hands on with everything, so it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, this match was fun. Um, I can't remember all that much about it. I just remember enjoying it a lot and just like getting into the vibe of the show with the no commentary and just like the the lucha stuff. The lucha spots were all like quite well done, um, and yeah, just real good. Uh, what did you watch? I next? liked that
1: assisted cutter that uh, they do that uh, mm. Legion of Rock does. It's, sometimes that can look kind of disjointed, where it looks like you might actually give a guy a cutter and fuck his neck up. Uh, but like the way they laid it out, it looked really cool and actually fairly safe for what they're doing there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they broke out. the like, First time I'd seen the go to Sleepy Hollow in quite a while.
1: Oh, I'm fucking. I wasn't paying attention at that point. Damn it! No commentary, so I didn't hear he called. <laughs> <clears throat> the, i watched the next match too which uh was osprey and uh dan maloney or maroney or maloney or something. I yeah forget. how
0: was that that was one of the ones i had to sacrifice due to the time constraints but i, I thought you know if anyone you're you're gonna see the best out of them it's wrestling will osprey so what do you think of mr maloney i would put him over i'd recommend him someone fly him over here
1: he's fuck he was great the guy was tremendous uh I didn't know whether it was a heel or face at first, but guy let me know right away when he walked up and pulled a kid out of the crowd and run him around the ring for a little bit. And this guy's... <laughs> just... <laughs> awesome. He still presented kind of as like a heel at first, but like, yeah, you grab that kid, i knew what's up. <laughs> <laughs> but Osprey seemed to be not very well liked by this uh, particular sect of fans, and oh. uh, they were really into Maloney. Um, Will did all his shit uh a lot of fire from Maloney he like seemed to not want to die and yeah i i really really like that match it was i say you go back and watch that bitch since we have it on the on the surface
0: we sure do that that back catalog of uh fight club pro so we again just letting you know uh we paid the money for the subscription jeremy did you got this one sir and yep. uh we we uh recommend that you do as well uh jump on the the Fight Club Pro Vimeo and uh man that back catalog's awesome like I want to check out that last show where uh Davis and Mako Satamura. like that sounded like it was incredible um there's a match with like Chris Brooks and uh Seema recently that I, I need that in my life um
1: wow that sounds awesome
0: yeah like Daisuke Sekimoto, like dream matches left and right. Like, I love the, the look of their cards. Like, they're using that kind of talent in Japan that you don't see used everywhere else. I just think that's really cool.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I'll be checking that out. But, um, what was the next match that you watched, the thereafter, sir?
1: Um, I, I watched a little bit of the ladies' match, which, uh, Nobody seemed to respond to either of them at first, but they they seemed to get into it by the end. Um, One uh, was CJ Evans. I think she's from your neck of the woods, so to speak. And then uh, uh, um, another chick, I think she was Canadian, who went by the quintessential diva uh, something Shaw. I forget. Damn it. I forget the first name. But anyway,
0: the Shaw of ECW. No, it was a different Yes, <laughs> Yes, 100%. So she, but, she had yeah, that was, sweet, I mean, same beard with the sideburns and the... Looking Great. good.
1: Mm, <laughs> nice. but, uh It was okay match, uh, but the only real match I really was there to pay any real attention to was the aforementioned uh, title match.
0: Yes. I think that was uh, what I went to next, and man, that was... I knew it was going to be good, but that was awesome. I really enjoyed this uh, title match. Uh, Mark Davis defending the the Fight Club Pro title. Uh, he he apparently didn't have any any uh, match set up for the show, and so he was, you know, burying the promoter for not giving the champion a match, and said, "Hey, I got stroke. I can make a match right now." Then starts to beat up uh, one of the ring attendants, and then the promoter comes out and says, "Oh, you know what? I got a promoter for you. I mean, I got a, an opponent for you." And then, lo and behold, the music starts, and it's none other than Jeff Cobb. Whoa, Jeffrey! Hello, Jeffrey! (laughs) Jeffrey Cobb! (laughs) Jeffrey Cobb! Jeffrey Cobb! Gotta put over the UK fans, hey? (laughs) They love each other.
1: Uh, Dude... Mark is a big guy and Jeff fucking was tossing him around like crazy. Like there's that one s- spot where Jeff like snaps uh, him up into his arms, like into a cradle position and then drops him with like a snap side of simplex. That shit is so deadly. Yeah. And like I said, Davis, not a small lad by any means.
0: No, I, as soon as this match actually happened, which got me like really excited for this match, Davis sent me a message and was like, Jeff is really fucking strong. <laughs> It's like, I know, you know, you know that Jeff's strong, but I guess like when you're feeling him actually girth you around and some of that shit that they did was like, I was fucking impressed. Like that big stalling, um, suplex off the top. And that was crazy.
1: I, I really uh, like Mark's spot where uh, someone's coming charging into him uh, into the corner and he just like uh, goes up and then just sits his ass on their chest and take him all the way down to the ground. That's it's so simple, but so awesome and perfect for a guy his size.
0: Yeah. I really dug um, seeing Davis uh, as a heel. Like, cause I'd you know, known him as a, a heel from his work back here in Australia. Um, but I hadn't really seen that in the UK stuff yet. Um, and obviously the the Schadenfreude group is is like a real um, heat machine, and he's is like he considered the, the leader of the group. I would say so now that Walter isn't there. Okay. Um, but yeah, like the the actual like just him being that dominating heel during the match and that like intense heat of like there was a part where he just gave him these awesome um, like the real stiff like kicks, like those kicks that like kind of go through the guy and up. And, um, I, yeah, I was like this, I want to see more of this Mark Davis. This is something, something cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, I like Mark with just Mark's kind of to was starting out with that big fucking, the big boot right out the fucking gate, like right through their chest. That's what he's aiming for every time. Yeah. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, the chops as well were real fun. Mm. Just the overall, just like back and forth hoss fight that it was, was just like, everything you'd want, hey. And, um... Jeff, like, brought it, as always. You know how much I'm a a fan of, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Cobb.
1: Dude, uh... I, again fan of both guys and when I saw that those two guys wrestling each other I'm like well that's a must see match just based off of relationship alone but it fucking delivered like it it's easy to be fans of guys that you know when they're also happen to be so tremendously talented
0: yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so it's just like yeah, yeah, imagine, funny imagine it's we're like... like friends
1: with like Enzo like we're like at the <laughs> yeah so good yeah Enzo yeah, so you're the best <laughs> I just didn't understand
0: you <laughs> yeah no I thought it was pretty funny it's like it's like my really good friend against your really good friend it's a battle Thank of you. the friends our, our close personal friends if only Bandita was there right John <laughs> close personal friends
1: like <laughs> uh, I wanted to go down John had some extra tickets for a fucking
0: double or nothing I want to go but I can't afford another plane flight like, what's, John, what's a flight look like, like from Chicago me? to Chicago from your way yeah you know, how much is that i don't know you're it's your country oh,
1: man. Hall, and then i gotta do a hotel like if john's gonna cover for me i'll come if you're gonna put me up no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah dude i i like flight club pro Wait, no definitely... not chicago that's in uh vegas i got like, mixed yeah, up with like, all in. that was the last one right yeah the next all in i think is going to be in chicago as well but yeah uh, I am looking forward to that show. What well, we we got less than a month now for uh, Double or Nothing. Coming up quick. I wanted to put over the um the the hype videos that they've been doing for Double or Nothing, especially the last one with Cody's promo on uh, Dustin Rhodes. Did you see that one?
1: I've never
0: Oh, it's great. I mean, Dustin's one the week prior is worth seeing as well. Cause, um. I don't know, a lot of, like, heartstring kind of stuff and, like, just explanation of him wanting to prove something and da-da-da. Um, but then, yeah, Cody's one back was just, like, one of those, like, all-time real good promos. Almost got, like, vibes like that Jake the Snag promo kind of thing out of it because he doesn't need to, like, yell and holler into the mic. He just needs to speak quietly and you're just listening in carefully because that's when you know that he's got gotcha. I thought it was great. And he, like, said all of this stuff about... um I guess, like, bringing it back to the, a uh, lot of, like, um, religious sort of metaphors, uh, I guess. Like, the parable of, um, what's the brother Cain one? Cain and Abel? Yeah, yeah, Cain and Abel. And, like, you hear that so much in wrestling, like, alluded to on commentary. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's a Cain and Abel, because it's brothers. Oh, yep, don't But he actually, like, went into it and went into a bit of the backstory of Cain and Abel. And like, got deeper than normal. I sent a message straight up to uh to friend of the show, Mister Jackson Jack Yeti Zorn, uh, because I knew that that kind of shit would pop him. You know that wrestling meets religion thing. And yeah, he um he put it over pretty big. But That's yeah, awesome. I think you'll enjoy it. Not too long of a promo, but I'm I'm invested for this match, man. Two promos, and I'm officially invested. Cody against Dustin. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, winding this thing up. Did you watch the main event on that Fight Club show? Uh, no, I didn't. Would I... recommend Lucha Bros against. Oh, wait, no, R-E-D. I did. River Thread? Yeah, Ata. Yeah, I did. And uh, Park. That's really I fun. I did watch it. It was good and then uh, awesome.
1: One of the great spots by good old bastard Puck was he pretended like he was going to do a sweet uh, dive, but he just fucking walked around and smacked the guy, which fucking was great. I love that shit.
0: I love uh, Puck's character right now, of just like people expect the flips, but he's just a hard nosed wrestler. He reminds me a lot, especially in this match. I was getting a lot of flashbacks to like Dynamite Kid. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. That really aggressive, hard nosed kind of wrestling. I really dug it.
1: Yeah, typical fucking lucha spots, but it started out like where they were going all over the place. Uh, They split off uh, fighting on the stage and then uh, fucking Pac and Pentagon went off into the crowd, eventually getting back into the ring. Uh, Then they got into getting a bunch of fucking chairs into the ring eventually, which I liked but then all the people in the crowd have to be corny as they're chanting ECW it's like we know ECW did this it's but they didn't they didn't stable. do
0: the actual you know commitment to the ECW and throw the chairs in themselves yeah, come on guys the talk had to do it If you want to do the the ECW chant, you've got to at least piss off the venue and security and put everyone's health in danger by throwing the fucking chairs into the ring yourself. (laughs) I've been at a show
1: where that happened. It was quite comical. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and then it ended up uh,
0: where, of course,
1: anytime you set up something big, eventually... Uh, what do you know? You're the one who's going through all that shit, so hmm. big uh big pile driver into the big stack of fucking chairs pretty gnarly. Well, yeah. what do you think of the match overall? I I am not familiar with uh Pac's partner too much.
0: I am um, I've been a big fan of Ata for a while since like when I saw him when I went over to the the Last WrestleMania in um New York, New Jersey. Uh there was like a Dragon Gate USA show and it was like Ata and Tomahawk, uh, TT at the time. Um, and they were like sort of the young up-and-comers tag team. I hadn't really seen him before. And I think it was Ata, but he did like this moonsault to the outside and like the top of his head connected with the top of the ring post and oh, just shit. made the most ungodly thud. And everyone just like went completely silent. We'd just seen a guy murder himself. And then he came up. Basically, I did the double guns of like the, yeah, yeah, still okay. But he just had like blood streaming down his head. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first experience with Ada. But uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dragon Gate at the moment. Um, if people haven't checked out Dragon Gate for a spell, like they've got a really fun product going on. RED is like the big time heal unit there. Like Parks, really Park and, and Ada and... Uh, Two of the main guys in it, but it's uh, quite a few other dudes that are really good too, Um, Kanda and and the rest. But Aita has just become like such a real solid performer. Like when I went to Japan the first time, or uh, maybe second time actually, I saw him in the the Super J Cup that year's one, and in the first round it was Aita against Juice and Liger in Hall. and they just had awesome awesome 11 minute match you couldn't expect better from an 11 minute match and from then on I was just like Ada is incredible so I think the more people if you actually check out a bit more Dragon Gate you'll kind of like get to appreciate him a bit more he's worth it right on yeah alright well let's uh, close this baby down and beep 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 we've already done one but a part two of David Arquette watch I wanted to call (laughs) it I wanted to mention this last time, but I forgot. <laughs> oh,
1: so, David Arquette
0: News! On the uh, Northeast Wrestling Show recently, uh, up in uh, Connecticut, I believe, uh, he was uh, on the show and he did a bit of a heel turn. And he did a bit of a Andy Kaufman-esque kind of a, a heel turn. you um, Hollywood? Yeah, I'm from Hollywood. And then who is going to come out to... Uh, to respond to that none other than jerry lawler and oh, he got power driven by jerry lawler uh, and then he did oh. an amazing tweet after it saying i'm serious i'm suing jerry lawler i'm from hollywood and i'll not be treated this way i'm a celebrity <laughs> oh, i love it i popped Fantastic. so big for that yeah awesome yeah so there we go. David, I can't watch. Let's get send us into some plugs and shut this baby down.
1: All right, uh, I'm gonna plug something I think is cool. Uh, I want everyone to check out this sweet hip hop album called Malibu Ken featuring one rapper by the name of Aesop Rock and the DJ by the name of tobacco. It's like a six sing- a six song ep uh six or ten pretty pretty short. it's anyway, it's great you like hip-hop, it's pretty chill, but it's called Malibu Ken. And then for me... I'm
0: going to check that out. I love me some uh, ASAP Rock. Oh, dude, it's real good. The whole thing is real good.
1: Uh, Me, James Vanderbeek, at J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Also, give without a cause a follow, because if you guys start following them because of me, that social influencer gimmick is actually a little bit more legit. So do that shit. (laughs)
0: Let's make it a reality. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, plugs for me at Chris Things on the Instagram and on the Twitter. Check out that Instagram for some rad art. Uh, hit me up if you want a print of any of the crazy shit that I have on there, or even if you want a commission of your own, a bit of a one-off. Uh, let me know what crazy ideas you got, and let's make that magic happen. Uh, at Chris Things, the show at Grown Men Pod. We also want to make sure we give a big shout out to our friends over at Social Suplex show Podcast. Home? Uh, all of those other great shows you can find out on there. They've got One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Wilfred Watchers, Omega Luke, All Elite Show, keeping it strong style, as well as us. All that at socialsuplex.com. Nailed it, buddy. I think that's my best um, go home plug <laughs> that I've ever done on the show. Just saying.
1: 100%. Let's not screw it up before we get out of here. <laughs> uh, get swifty, everybody. Away, Woo! Thanks, guys
0: done and done
1: yeah i'm gonna go make some salsa get ready for cinco de mayo
0: i was kind of rushing through it because i uh, knew that we have the music that i didn't edit out i pushed it back to an hour 51 thinking there's no way we'd go an hour 51 and now <laughs> hey, it's, it's about to kick any in.
1: chance we could end the show with schadenfreude's music actually could you edit that in
0: Ooh, i think we could uh we could get that in there somewhere